Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian Talk Radio. And on Tuesdays, we call it Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we tackle your marriage and relationship issues and how they impact your lives in and out of the workplace. Super big thanks goes out, as always, to Ace Andrews, our engineer today. He will be taking your calls later on. Martha, as we tackle, dig deep into today's topic, the lies that couples believe, and today's lie is opposites attract, or do they annoy? The lie that our spouse should be just like me. Why is it? <laughs> what, what, why, why does it make you laugh? Because you know how people say, like, people's dogs start to look like them? I'm thinking, like, after 30 years, there are things that we have I am so thankful you don't look like me after 30 years. Then we maybe weren't similar on 30 years ago. It just, I don't know, that whole image of when people and their dogs (laughs) look alike. And we don't have a dog. I wasn't envisioning that I was starting to look like you. You know... (laughs) That's good. That's good. And I'm grateful. All right. So we just, humans naturally annoy each other. But they just do. Really? And yes, they naturally annoy each other. Why is that? I know, especially people that ask questions during a monologue at the beginning of a radio show. <laughs> people just naturally annoy each other. And, you know, even when Jesus had two brothers, well, he had two sets of brothers as part of the disciples, uh, uh, Peter and Andrew and James and John, and the sons of thunder, James and John, they were, those were guys that were... Um, yeah, they were annoying each other. They were like, well, I'm going to be bigger in a, the kingdom of heaven, and you're going to be in you know, I don't know. I mean, people just naturally annoy each other. But is it true that opposites attract? Or is that a worldly thing? Is that a world thing that opposites attract? That's what we're going to talk about today, because I'm not sure. Although, I don't really know. It doesn't really matter. Well, it does matter, because that's what we're going to talk sure. about today. But if we're in a marriage relationship, in a dating relationship, we have lots of our friends who are second time around in dating right now. And uh, because of uh, the unfortunate, you know, some, some of them had lost spouses to death and some of them lost spouses to divorce. But they're, they're going through the second time around. This is a question that they ask because if you think about it, back when eHarmony came out, mm-hmm. you know, he has 20, I, I, I pulled up the website, 29 dimensions of compatibility that they match. Well, do you want to be matched or do you want to be opposite? Well, let me ask this question because it is together on Tuesday. It is. So monologue can't exist on a Tuesday. But anyway, um, what are they matching for? Are they really matching for 
um, well, imagine twenty nine dimensions of compatibility. No, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're exactly the same. I don't know compatible and being exact duplicates of each other. I don't think those are probably the same thing. It's a good question, but I don't. I don't really know what their what e harmony is looking for. Compatibility. I What's God looking for? I mean, isn't that really the question? Because, well, because you know, I know in a business sense, you absolutely don't want to hire a bunch of people that are exactly alike. Is how you ever going to get anything accomplished? You want the lots of variety so people look at problems differently. You want to look at. I mean, you just. You want things looked at from every perspective possible. You don't want people to be the same. That's something I actually remember from one of my college management classes was that buzzword 30-some years ago was about... Oh, that's what that was? 30 years ago. <laughs> was the word think tank. You did not want to have everybody thinking the same thing around a conference table or you would could very easily make a That's wrong group decision. Think. Group think. Group think. Oh, I didn't even remember it right, but you're right. Group think. We did not So you want... weren't really paying attention, but I wasn't in that class to distract you. We don't want to make a wrong decision just because everybody agrees. That Because we often think it's a that makes it a good decision. So yeah, you don't want to always have somebody around you that thinks exactly the same way with you or they never challenge you. And no, you challenge me a lot. Is it always good? That's another show for another day. <laughs> you know, I picked out a verse today from Psalm 139, mm-hmm. verses 13 and 14. You, this is the Lord, this is a prayer being spoken. I, I didn't pay attention if it was Asaph or if it was David, but it's later in the Psalms, so probably Asaph. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. That's from the New Living Translation. It is, because that's what I do, everything, the New Living Translation, because it's so much easier to understand and see that to, uh, to me, I guess. You love it. I do. I do love it. Okay, so Psalm 139, I'm just going to look it up right now and tell you that it was um, of David. Okay, there you go. There you go. All right, so today on Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg, we're going to tackle, do opposites attract or do they annoy? And should my spouse be just like me? Or should my spouse be completely opposite? What makes a perfect marriage? Opposites or the same matchy-matchy? Or I know is that... a marriage supposed to be perfect? Ooh. 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 But a marriage is supposed to reflect our Heavenly Father's glory. And that we're going to talk about. And also, how do we carry this analysis of do opposites attract into the workplace not so you can be shopping for a spouse at work but so that you can be looking at when you're hiring people do you want to hire people that are yes people or people are going to challenge you wow there's a thought you're listening to i work for him with your host jim and martha brangenberg for together on tuesdays and i work for him as we talk about the lies that couples believe a book by dr chris thurman today's lie from the book, Lies Couples Believe from Dr. Chris Thurman. Today's lie, Martha? My spouse should be just like me. All right. So, but the title of the chapter is Opposites Attract. And then it's crossed out. And says annoy. Yeah. The lie is that my spouse should be just like me. And, and, and really, when you talk about it, and I was joking a little bit at the beginning of the show. Martha thought I was misdirected and was actually, you know, <laughs> on some other radio show because I was off track. But 
You know, we, there is so often we think our spouses should think just like us, should act just like us. But the value and the intensity and the amazingness of our marriage is when our spouses are so different than us because we learn from our spouses. Martha, just give me this blank look. Where are you going with this, I know. Jim? I'm nodding my head, and we're on radio. We're on radio. So. They cannot see you this. See, see you do the nodding thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You could at least do that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, but don't agree with me if you don't I'm agree. Not- Okay, uh-uh. you don't agree with me? I don't know. I'm okay. waiting to so, listen to what you're saying. <laughs> I have no idea what I was even bated saying breath, anymore. Bated breath, honey. I'm hanging on to every word. Your bated breath? Oh, our good friend Mark would be proud to hear that you said that on national radio. Okay, so we're talking about, you know, in a relationship, I just kind of threw in the twist, should we be, should we be looking for spouses that are just like us? Or should we be looking for spouses that are opposite of us? But I think when we look for spouses, we're never really thinking either of those things. No, because I just, you complete me. Which that was another line that we <laughs> went through. But when, when we, I mean, when you really look at our spiritual backgrounds, we're amazingly aligned. Mm-hmm. But who we are, you couldn't pick more opposite personalities. We, we are both extraordinarily retentive about organization. So we do have that in common. And re, when I say retentive, I mean... Well, we'll tell that story in just a minute. Yeah. But but we're very opposite personality-wise. We're opposite. I mean, you are super gentle, full of mercy and grace. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. You're tall. I'm short. Yeah. You're always hot. I'm always cold, which I thought was so funny because the author, that was one of the things he talked about in the book. And actually, he's the one that's cold and his wife is hot. So I thought that was pretty funny, uh, you know, in that sense. But... Um, yeah, we are... got we got done complaining this weekend. We picked up some furniture for our son, uh, who's moving into his house shortly, and we went from Tampa, which is hot and muggy, down to Naples, which is ridiculously hot and muggy, and my eye my eyelids were sweating. I am not kidding. My eyelids were sweating. It is so ridiculously hot down here. I know those of you up north, maybe people living in Alaska are going, boy, I'd like to have some temperatures like that, but no. Yeah, days like that are when they invented the uh, the actual old-fashioned terry cloth headbands. That's why you wear them. Yeah. To I, keep all that from blinding. Because well, I have no hair to stop anything <laughs> from rolling down my face. All right, but talk about being ridiculously retentive, which we are both extremely... You do have a messy drawer here and there, and so do I. We have oh, a messy and they drawer. drive me crazy, though. Okay. But this weekend, we moved, we got a whole bunch of stuff, and we dropped it off into our garage. And, and then, because we can't stand to have a mess for three weeks while we're waiting to move it into our son's house, we now have all of this stuff stacked into one corner of our garage so that we can use our garage. Because people here in Florida aren't really familiar with that. It, those of you living in other parts of the country, I know you probably put cars in your garage. Here in Florida, they have garages for stuff that they don't need. Well, we don't have basements, and a we lot don't. of people don't have storable rafter space. We do. However, like we have that. a boy fort in okay, the Okay, so, but the thing I said Kay. today was, Opposites you know, if we really want to make this look better, yes. we would hang a curtain around yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and I said, that's completely retentive. Yes. All right, so the lies that okay. couples believe that my spouse should be just like me. You know, I don't ever think that way, like out loud, but I know there are times, like I, I expect you to drive like I do. Because, you know, I'm never going to drive like you no, do. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no one should drive like you do. I love you. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? I can't believe she just said that on <laughs> national radio. Okay. So nobody should drive. Sorry. But I mean, it's true. I mean, we, I, when we first started, well, when we first were married, we were going to college. 
we realized very early on that when you look at a problem, I look at a problem, mm-hmm. men, very often we might come to the same conclusion. Right. But you went east and I went west, or I went north and you went south. Right. To get there. Right. So yes. we don't think alike. No. I think we use different kinds of learning tools as a in elementary so, school because we were in different states. They probably taught us. You know, different differently. So with us being so different, why on God's green earth did you, I don't know, date me? I have no idea. Why? I don't know. Because some of those things are the very things that attracted me to you. The fact that you looked for humor in things that I would never think to look at for humor. You are very, you're way more straight laced than I am. Yeah, and I, see, I kind of hate that about myself. So, you know, I live vicariously through being your wife. And sometimes she just sometimes she just puts her head in a corner sometimes and goes, I hide, I'm not no. sure he's my husband. <laughs> no. What am I going to be like when I'm 90 in a assisted living community? I can only imagine. Stand-up comedy? I think we should sell tickets. <laughs> That's how we could fund it. How we could fund. Think? I work for him by selling tickets to my comedy show when I'm 90 in an oh, assisted meant living community. fund the uh, assisted living. Oh, well, we could do that, too. That's what I mean. So, anyway. Okay, so... Do opposites attract or do they annoy? Well, I think that there's a lot of things that as you mature in your relationship, they start off annoying you because you just don't, you never thought to do it differently. You know, that some of the examples in the book were as simple as a wife saying, honey, you leave your running shoes right by the bed and they really smell. Can't you put them in the closet? And he says, but I like leaving them there. So if he's not willing to meet the need of his wife, which that's a compromise. He says, oh, yeah, you really shouldn't have to smell my stinky shoes. You're right. I shouldn't leave them right there at the foot of the bed where you can trip over them and smell them all day long. That's, that's a decision because he respects her enough to do that. Okay, all right. And, and, and as he writes... He writes in the book, he wrote down several things that he thought, the, the doc, Dr. Chris Thurman thought that these are the rules that our household should live by. And, oh, and, this and is his This is his rules. Yeah. And, and I liked them enough where I thought they were kind of hilarious. Toilet paper should be hung with a sheet coming over the top so you can easily find it when you need it. Yes. And I think our listeners should be like, you know, thinking, oh, do I? Yes. Do, yes. And, and, but, <laughs> and that makes total sense, except if you have a cat. Right, or a a bathroom vent that blows up right then because it unravels it. I've been in a house where that was the case. Okay, so that, but because it is, they always put the toilet paper roll, and Martha wants me to move on. They always put the toilet paper roll further away from you than where it should be. Okay, (laughs) so at least it should come over the top. Never leave the front door or the back door open because God doesn't want us to air condition the neighborhood. Well, see, Mm -hmm. that to me just makes sense. Yet we have neighbors that have their front, they've got just their storm door open and you know the sun is heating up that entryway. Yeah, absolutely, because yeah. our entryway, the front door is like untouchable at the Thanks. afternoon. Mm-hmm. All right, set the thermostat so that you are uncomfortable. Your discomfort is far less important than the fact we are saving money on our utility bill. Mm-hmm. And that's a choice. That is a I choice. Mean, these are all choices, we have fr- we, we He have just friends says in, that he makes the right choice. <laughs> we have friends in Florida that set the thermostat at 68, and Ooh. we set our thermostat at 78. And we don't do it to be dis- uncomfortable because in the middle of summer... That's, that's, still, that's still 20 degrees difference. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So these are just things that, these are just opposites. Now, what he's saying is that his wife thought that these rules were ridiculous. Cover the sofa and chairs in a family room with sheets. This is what our grandparents did. And yep. only take them off when you have guests. 
That is and, most ridiculous. And he had a funny thing in there, so it looks like nobody ever lived there. So it doesn't something. look like yeah. human beings actually sit there. Right. Our grandparents did that. Our parents did that. Yeah. That always annoyed the living daylights at me. What do you have furniture for if you're not going to sit in it? That's like having a car with car seats. The fabric from the factory is way better than the car seats. Unless Just keep the it clean. Seats were already worn out, and then you put them on. Okay. Do not allow black, green, or white stuff to build up in the shower. That seems to make sense. Why are these things so bad? Good, good rule to Never eat by. in carpeted areas of the household. We oh, we have friends. We tell people when they're sitting on our couch, don't don't don't, don't get crumbs because they always get in little cracks in the couch. Yeah. Okay, Some people so, aren't uh, bothered by that though. See, here's that's the thing. You know, I was thinking about this chapter and. Jim and I have talked about a lot the last couple of years about the fact that we have we have come to realize that people can experience Jesus differently and still be experiencing Jesus. And the same thing applies to life, that people experience life differently doesn't make it wrong always, although crumbs in the couch, that's just kind of gross. But for some people, that, that doesn't bother them at all. And so... Um, that's their the way they live their life. So really the whole this whole concept of this lie that my spouse should be just like me, what the author, Dr. Chris Thurman in this book, The Lies Couples Believe, it comes down to he's saying, Hey, number one, be careful. Don't be narcissistic. Don't be that person who looks in the mirror and falls in love with themselves and the way they do things and think that it is my way or the highway in a marriage, because that's never gonna work. And so he helps us to talk through compromise. Well, but there are certain things that I think people should model after me. In other words, all of my neighbors come to me when they need screws and accessories because I can find everything that I've ever accumulated in the same spot because it's all organized. And if they need a tool, they come to me because it's organized. They come to me because in their own garage, they can't find stuff. Those are things everybody to be a lender. Everybody's garage should look like ours. You could actually use our garage for a car. Okay. But it's true. But, but People that doesn't live make it the only right way. Oh, boy. See, this is, that's what this whole chapter is about, is the fact that everybody doesn't have to be So you're just saying like I'm us. wrong, saying that we should put a car in a garage. Oh, no, but it doesn't have to look like ours. That's the way we choose for it to But be. if you'd like to hire Martha and I to get your garage to be functional, <laughs> we would gladly do that job. We've often thought that if we could have a full-time job just organizing people's garages for pay... And fun. food, that that would be the most and fun food. job in the world. And food. <laughs> Pay and food. You're listening to I Work For Him together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha as we tackle the lies that couples believe and how they impact at home and in the office. And today we're talking about number eight lie from the books, The Lies Couples Believe by Dr. Chris Sermon. And that lie? My spouse should be just like me. And we've been battling back and forth. And yes, we agree that our spouses shouldn't be just like us because God created all, there's like seven plus billion people on the planet and we're all different. We all have unique DNA. We all have unique um, characteristics. We all are unique personalities. We all experience God differently. Why would we expect our spouse to be just like us? God designed our spouses to be different on purpose. Yes, he did. And the, the biggest thing that I think it's important to get across is it, really the, the meat of this chapter talks so much about my spouse acting like me, not being like me in the sense of, um, I don't even know how to explain it, but 
I don't expect you to to necessarily have come into the marriage liking the thermostat at the same level as I do. Or I had no idea it was going to be this hot, though. Liking a certain kind of food. How about the fact that I could eat rice every day of the week, and you really don't ever want to eat rice again because of a flu situation a few years ago, and we won't go into that. But you know things like that. That anybody you, hear that bus? The bus. The bus just ran over me on the radio. That wasn't running over you. <laughs> you were sick. You can't help it. But the but the point is is that our marriage is until the end of time of our marriage where with one of us going home to be with the Lord, there's going to be things that we're not going to like exactly the same way. You taught me to like dark chocolate. I would have never even tried it. And I couldn't imagine life without it today. So some things you've taught me to like differently and some things we stay different on, but we agree to disagree. What are some of those things we stay different on that we agree to s- disagree? The kind of movies that we like. Oh, I'm okay with a love story every once right, in a while. Right, you're it's... okay with it because you like to please me and you enjoy the movie, but it sure. wouldn't be your choice. If you had a 007 movie well, choice. Well, if I'm going out with a bunch of guys, no, I'm not going to choose a I love story. I didn't say that at all. But Okay, what else? We like different kinds. Um... Well, anybody that looked at Facebook last week, you have your favorite sandwich, and it's not my favorite sandwich. <laughs> Martha would eat mayonnaise sandwiches. I she, would not. What would you put on it? Oh, just turkey just and mayonnaise. Turkey. turkey and Martha could eat a turkey and mayonnaise sandwich every day of the week. I could. I could, and but I, I don't. Eat, and I could eat a peanut butter, jelly, pickles, and salami sandwich every day of the week. Yes, and you'd be happy. I would so be happy. So we make sure that we always have both kinds of lunch meat in the, mm-hmm. in the drawer. Yes, so, we do. So those are choices that we've made. You would also it, like it if I dressed nice all the time. And sure. I am a doctor casual. And in Florida, I am doctor casual in shorts. Yes. What else? What are That the, what doesn't are... bother me, though. Okay. It's just we're different. I'll wear a dress even when you're wearing shorts. All right. So what um, What else? But I th- um, What else? What can you think of? I don't. I can't. Come on. Everything about you is so perfect. I just can't even. You know, I can't even imagine what I would have. Uh, they think of me differently. Those were just some of the examples. You love to make the bed every morning. My mom always made me do it, so I don't want to make the bed every morning. <laughs> Sorry, mom. But those are things that we have either agreed to compromise on in one way or another, and um, and deal with it. Not bringing uh, the car home close to empty. You know, I don't know. I'm just, but. Marriage is all about learning how to live together in some sense of harmony. Cause well, I, I thought something. What? When we first got married, all Martha read was self-help books. How to be this person and be this person and eat healthy, blah, blah, blah. And all I liked to read was fiction, science fiction. And I, I introduced her to the idea of fiction. And now Martha loves to read fiction books and not as much the serious books. But she does both. But I introduced her to the whole genre of fiction. You do know that I read fiction before. Prove it. I read all the Laura Ingalls Wilder books as a kid. I read Nancy Drew. I read all those. As an adult, I felt guilty 
Plus, we were in college, so you got to remember we were in those learning years. But I felt guilty if I would read fiction versus something to improve myself, make me a better mom, make me a better wife, make me a better whatever. And then I'd only read half of them because then I'd get so discouraged about halfway through. <laughs> well, like I could never do all this. That's so true. All right. So from the book, it says, you know, this is this is what, we, and we've heard people say this. My ways are so much better than my spouse's ways. Do you just uh, and here's here's the, here's the statement. My ways are so much better than yours. Do you know how just how lucky you are to have me? <laughs> you should worship the ground that I walk on. I expect you to do things the way I want them done. You've got a lot of nerve to feel hurt and angry towards me. Your way of doing things is inferior to mine. We have seen Ooh. spouses demonstrate that during marriage mentoring sessions. Ooh. All right, back to our conversation. The lies that couples believe, and this lie is my spouse should be just like me. And I think we've pretty much said that that attitude that everything about uh, everything let me just personalize everything about me is perfect therefore you should be just like me and repeat and all of my behaviors and people are people on on listening today are horrified and you're making a statement or are you just reinforcing no i'm not making a statement (laughs) because i don't want you to change everything about you i want to reproduce in me actually no jesus is our standard Jesus is our standard and everything in Christ is what I want to be for you. So, you know, one of the things I was thinking about, about this chapter and the, and the, I work for him concept of understanding how we can incorporate Christ in our workplace is really taking this to the workplace and talking about the fact that everybody we work with isn't just like us either. And so we really probably need to unpack that. Sometimes people spend more time at work with people than they do with their own spouses. Well, I mean, that's almost always the case. Right. Yeah. So so one of the things that I just mentioned right before the break was the fact of looking at how does this lie affect how we um, interact with other employees, coworkers, things like that. So if you were to go into a job, especially a job where you're working with a lot of peers in they have the similar responsibilities that you do. Um, understanding the fact that we may all approach our job a little bit differently and that that's okay. Now, that doesn't mean you break the rules and procedures and stuff that are set out that you have to do for your company. But, um, you know, for instance, when we had our insurance agency, we always called every client back before 24 hours, hopefully the same day. That was like a rule. That was not a, a negotiable. It wasn't like, well, if you feel like it, that's what you should do. No, because that was good for customer service. But that doesn't mean that everybody took their notes exactly the same way or kept kept their um, kept their tickler files exactly the same way you did um, back in the olden days. Remember that? When you oh, had I remember. Little... I had a drawer full of ticklers. Yes, you did. All right, but as as we look at this, you know, I think of you know one day I did a uh, a podcast recording for Dr. Steve Steph from Transforming Leadership. We talked about brainstorming and the fact that the whole key to brainstorming is that mm-hmm. during a brainstorming session, no idea is a bad idea, and everything gets written written down, and no discussion has happened. Nobody gets criticized. And the value in brainstorming is the fact that you've got all these different people in the room and everybody approaches the problem differently. Everybody looks at it differently. And that's the amazing part of God's creation. God created us all very different. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I have seen in our marriage is that when we are in union in thought, that is often an example of God moving in us. When we are 
diverse in our thoughts. We're coming up with a different solution or we're coming up with different ideas. We're not on the same page. That shows me that, well, one of us is one of us may be right. Both of us might be wrong, but we need to be on the same page. That's one of the things we've looked at for unity in our own marriage. Mm -hmm. And the same thing in the workplace. When you start to see, we don't want everybody to be alike, but we want everybody to express their differences. And, and, And when you're hiring, a lot of people listen to their like, well, you're in charge of hiring. Don't hire people just like you hire. I always tell business owners, hire people that are way stinking smarter than you are. I mean, hire up because you want to be challenged by the people that you hire. I mean, you're paying them big money to work for you. They should be, you don't want to hire yes people. I was going to say yes, but that would, (laughs) that would have been funny. Hey, uh, we still have a couple copies of the book we're giving away today, which is kind of for, for people that have been married for a little while and they're looking at their second half of marriage. Married and Still Loving It by Gary Chapman. If you'd like to get a copy of this book and look at how you can be encouraged in your marriage second half. Maybe you've done 25 or 30 years of time in your marriage. I'm just kidding, honey. Made it sound like that was prison time. I'm kidding. That that you want to see how can it be that much more awesomer for the second half. I think you just made up a word. Awesomer? I did. I think I learned it from you. Probably. Anyway, call in the studio line now, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. Get a copy of Married and Still Loving It. All right, so we're talking about the lie that our spouses should be just like us. Not how great thou art, but how great I art. That should never be a top 20. It should not be a top 20. Yet, we have often sat down with people who pro- went during marriage mentoring sessions where people proclaim, well, my way just is better. Yeah, we often believe that about ourselves. And that's the whole point of this conversation is to take the focus off of ourselves and to focus it on our spouse and try to come up with really a, the the process that we use in our marriage mentoring where we come to an agreement we work through a process where we identify something, talk about the the sticking points, and then come to an agreement on how the, you're going to approach that situation in the future in your marriage. Really, that's what we're talking about. Is it is it something that is a non-negotiable, or is it something that we can come together and agree on something different? Well, and I think it's important to recognize, and, and we do talk about this in our marriage mentoring all the time, that we have that as couples, we need to recognize the awesomeness in our spouses. And we need to reduce our pride level in ourselves thinking that our way is the best way. I mean, it is often the case where we just think, well, we're just right. And when our spouses, we need to consider what our spouse is saying. Because God gave us a spouse as a gift, we need to be listening to them. And and so there are four different things, four different ways to, for us to encourage how we can really appreciate the differences in our spouses. Uh, the first thing the book mentions is we need to learn to respect the differences in each other. And I think, Martha, we have learned to really complement those differences. Like like social engagements. You would, much pref- you would love to do all the cooking and the prep work, but you don't want to make the arrangements. Yep. That's true. Yep. And so we just have learned to do that. So most of the time I'll do the arrangements and Martha does the cooking. Now, I don't mind cooking. I'll do the grilling. I do the grilling. That's my job. But Martha would much rather, she'd much rather spend the whole afternoon in the kitchen cooking and putzing around, whatever you do when you're in the That's kitchen. That's what I do. I just putz. Putz around. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and I'm then gonna, I order takeout. I'm going to oh, pay for that one. No, for not that one. at all. No, it was making me think of that commercial where they make the Rice Krispie bars and nobody's in the kitchen with her and the mom threw the flour on her face. To, and you don't even use flour in Rice Krispie bars. You do it to keep them from sticking to the pan. No, you don't. You oh. just grease it or okay. butter it. So. All right, but <laughs> we've learned to respect each other's differences. Oh, one of the differences we're still working through, but laundry. I do laundry different than you do laundry. Yet we still do the laundry. And... But normally, if you start the laundry, I let you finish the laundry because the way you do laundry drives me crazy. <laughs> I don't even know what I do that drives you crazy. I know for one thing, if we use a dishwasher, I don't help fill it because I've been told I do it wrong. And I let it go. Let it so... go. There's a song like that. Connie from Tarpon Springs, could you call in and sing that for us? <laughs> All right. So, she okay. So we it. need to respect each other's differences. And I think we've really gotten to the spot where we have learned to recognize those as complementing features. Well, and if they're not, if it's something, this is something else that I think I've, I'm, I still am learning, but that I will share is the fact that sometimes I have to ask myself, why is this bothering me? Why is this a mountain that I'm going to die on? When we had teenagers in the house, that was our focus of conversation with, you know, discipline and is this thing a mountain I'm going to die on with our teenagers or are we, you know, for instance, if their room is clean or not, or are we just going to shut the door so we don't have to look at it? So this now that we're empty nesters, we don't have that focus. So I think sometimes no, there are no, no messy to, rooms anywhere. I have to look at myself and say, why does this bother me? Why is this a big deal or not? You need to teach me that. I mean, there are often things that I will just rant and rave and soapbox on and, and, she, Martha does a great job of asking me why does this bother you so much, and sometimes I don't know, but I know I'm right. Um, but I mean, it, but not a, that you're not saying that about me. No, time. no, but about other th- people that are driving me crazy. But if, if if there is something that drives me crazy about you, I just tell you. Mm-hmm. There's really the list is very short, and it doesn't come up very often. Hallelujah! Because I've got you so I've got you so <laughs> well got trained. Me so trained. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> All right. So okay, everybody knows that you're just saying am, that in jest. I right? am saying that in jest. Okay, Martha's perfect. done more training of me than she has of <laughs> than I have of her. Yeah. I took over where his mom left off. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. So my, my mom would be so proud. We're going to respect is, each I'm other's sure. difference. <laughs> All right. So remaining, we we need to recognize that we were created uniquely by God on purpose. And so, but we, we need to support that in each other, but also recognize that there's still sin that gets in there that creates things maybe we can work on, but we need to support each other for our differences. Like you are extraordinarily creative. I am not. You're extremely artistic. I have zero artistic ability, but I'm willing to tackle any fix it project. And that's not necessarily your thing. Nope. But you'll, cook, you'll try any recipe under the sun one time. That's I haven't the rule. tried homemade pretzels or bagels yet. I don't know why that scares me. And that's all we need is for her to find <laughs> some other thing to bake in this household to make me more rotund. That's correct. Mm. All right. How do we help couples get over their narcissistic tendencies? I mean, think of some of the ways that, that we've gotten people to get over that. Can you think of some of the ways? How, how we've helped them get over Yeah, get over their narcissistic tendencies. Um. Okay, like one example, like a lot of, we always, I mean, every couple struggles with this. Every person in the workplace struggles every? with this too. Everyone, every. everybody, okay. no exceptions. Imagine what you're going to say. That they get caught up looking at all the problems that the other person has instead of focusing on their own. Mm-hmm. Everybody's constantly pointing the finger. Well, this person did this and this person did that. And my spouse does this. When all of a sudden we recognize we have our own issues. 
Everybody, so do you agree everybody does that? Sure. Okay. All right. So that's a narcissistic tendency that everybody else has got issues, but I'm perfect. As a Christ follower, we don't have that option. It's not an option. It's not an option in the Lordship Agreement. The, option, the only option in the Lordship Agreement is that Christ sets the example, and he's our Lord, and we're going to follow him. And so to recognize that there's nothing about us that's perfect, and the only people that should be repeating behavior of any other person would be we are all supposed to be repeating the behavior that our Heavenly Father demonstrated in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that's how we get over our narcissistic tendency. Look in the mirror. That's the person with the most problems in your life. Mm, there we go. And the le- can I go to the last yeah, thing? Absolutely. Okay, so the last thing that Dr. Chris Thurman talks about in, again, the book we're talking about, The Lies Couples Believe, um, is that he says, learn how to compromise on your preferences, but never compromise on your convictions. All right, you better say that again because you said it so fast, I'm, my head's spinning. Okay. Never. No. <laughs> We're running out of time here. This is air time, baby. You're burning air time. Learn how to compromise on your preferences, for instance, the thermostat setting, but never compromise on your convictions, like do not lie. All right, like when we're driving down the road on vacation, and I'm turning over the the handle, the the wheel to you, so I can take a nap. And I'm like, I've been making 75, we're doing 75, and it's going to get us here at this time. So keep it at 75. And you're like, I don't want to drive 75. I want to drive 71 or 72. I'm like, we're we're not going to hit our numbers, and we're going to have to repass all these people all over again. <laughs> you're listening to I Work for Him with your hosts Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we tackle the lies that couples believe. Lie number eight. This book by Dr. Chris Thurman, of course, line number eight, my spouse should be just like me. You know, Martha, right before the the break, you're talking about, hey, we should recognize that we should be compromising on our preferences, but never compromising on our convictions. What's the difference between a preference and a conviction? Well, a preference would be whether we eat at an Italian restaurant or a Mexican restaurant or a sushi restaurant. Or I'm just going to suggest a few more things because it's making me hungry. Um, so compromising, meeting each other's needs in that way, but not on a conviction. So whether it's okay to lie or whether it's okay to steal or whether it's okay to... Cheat on your taxes. Cheat on your taxes. Those are great things. That's a great example because that's one where um, spouses may not see it the same way and figuring out how to not compromise. You know, Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And then I went on to just, let me just add this, free to be who God created us to be and celebrate the differences. Christ came to set us free, free from the bitterness that's in our lives, free from the the frustrations in our lives, free, no, maybe not all the frustrations, but free to be from unbound with sin in our lives. And yet we get caught up so much in criticizing others because they're different than us instead of celebrating the differences that God gave us. I mean, that's something I I am sure there've been times where our differences have driven us crazy, but we have seen every couple struggling with the differences. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of learning to compromise on the preferences, but never compromise on the convictions. And if crisis at the center of your relationship, that can happen. But what about in the office, Martha? How do you learn to celebrate those differences when sometimes people are very different than us? Well, somehow the group of people that you have around you make up a great team. It's just pulling out the best um, 
qualities of each of those people. So even though they may seem quirky or they just, you know that you would not necessarily invite them to your kid's birthday party, that doesn't mean that they don't have something great to bring to the table. And they may have some skill that you really need to utilize in order to, for the business to be successful. And it is, and that's the manager's job. The manager should be the one facilitating that celebration of the differences. I mean, it, it's just so powerful. So this lie that my spouse should be just like me, it, it, it's just a lie. We need to celebrate that God created us differently. You know, Martha, in the last couple of minutes of the show, let's just talk about the marriage cruises okay. coming up in six months. There's still a lot. We got a lot of people talking about it. A lot of people considering it. People on Facebook. There's 40 or 50 couples considering it on Facebook. You just introduced it to another 10 or 20 couples this past weekend. There's only 20 spots available for 20 couples. Right. And we've got five couples committed already. And it, and, it, and maybe people go, well, how come you guys aren't pushing it as much this year? Well, it, it, we we pushed it off until March this year because we couldn't get a February cruise date. But we're now starting to push it because if we don't fill it up, we may not be able to fill 20 rooms because the cruise line may have sold to it. We would love to have you guys listening, you and your spouse, you and your husband, you and your wife, join us on our marriage cruise, marriage retreat cruise next March, the 30th through April the 3rd. Yeah, it's so much fun to tell people what it's all about. But bottom line is just a way to invest in your marriage, have a great time and get away. And if you have any questions, just message us on Facebook. We'd love to connect with you. But don't message me on Facebook. Message Martha on Facebook. If you want to get all of me, just email me, Jim at iWorkForHim.com. I check my messages on Facebook every week. <laughs> Maybe, if we're lucky. <laughs> and I feel bad about that, but that's just, I'm, I don't know. I should, think we should put that notifier on my phone. You know, great discussion today, honey, on the fact that we should be celebrating the differences that I don't expect you to be just like me. And I just hope that everybody heard that encouraging note that God created us different on purpose. What do you think? I think that we all need to just remember that um, God made us unique, and it's a wonderful thing. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, on Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha. We're Christ followers, and we own our own business, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.